Why are you recording this, babe? Delete this. Stop the recording. <laughs> no, Take you, that out. You can't stop the recording, but Matt can clip that out if we decide. Matt, you absolutely need to clip that out. We just talk, that's disgusting. They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Mary's upset at the moment, and I don't blame her, to be honest. When you have to be in lockdown with Tom, um, you can imagine things where things are. <laughs> yes. and, um, So welcome to today's podcast. <laughs> Correct. Correct, but the light is at the end of the tunnel. What a grey and dreary day. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was... It, it felt like the perfect kind of day to have the announcement. Yes, announcement yes exactly. Did. It was just like, oh, this is fitting. It's like, it's almost like this the is The weather matched the mood or the sentiment within the community. Certainly, certainly matches my stormy heart. Oh, why is that? Just, just I'm here as a, a listening post. I'm here to, to be the shoulder to cry on. Go on. Mm, no crying. Um, stormy, stormy. Acid, okay. not upset and sad. I was trying to make it. But if you liked as a punching bag, I'd have to make it more interesting. Well. But anyway, yeah, no, definitely not interesting right. at all. No, nothing on mine that's really interesting. Right. So, although the confusion around my workshops running this weekend is driving me insane because they the, even the zoo doesn't know if they're allowed oh, to open up. I so just cancelled mine altogether. There you go. I just said no. I'm going to have the weekend. I was off. thinking of doing the same. <laughs> Just bugger it. Yeah, I, I've been thinking that, just going like, you know what, this is actually a bit too hard. But then again, it's been two weeks of no doing workshops. So that would be a third week of not doing workshops. And I don't know, I'm, I'm just going to miss people a bit, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, it is nice to get out. Or you mm. in particular. I mean, God, you you run a workshop every five seconds in your sleep, midnight, whenever. So um, you would be having withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. And that includes jitters, shakes, uh, stormy feelings. Um, yeah. All of the yeah. above. Yeah. So anyway, All of the above. Um, I have had the most um, nice surprise today to lift the mood. Oh. I got a delivery. The doorbell it, went. And the, do- the, <laughs> the doorbell oh. went. And um, our doorbell doesn't ring all that often. And it's it's usually one of the kids just wanting to bust in to grab something out of their rooms. But instead it was a package. And I wanted to thank you very much for the delivery of the donuts. So thanks, Matt. That was really kind of you. What? For my birthday. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't you. It wasn't your generosity just pouring over a, a day before my birthday. Do you want to know the honest truth? Here we go. You didn't even know it was my no, birthday tomorrow. Um, That's the honest truth. I didn't know it was your birthday tomorrow. And secondly, I actually don't believe in birthdays. So, um, well, not don't believe in them. Obviously, I know they exist. Um, I just have no interest in celebrating them. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be generous and give to others to help them celebrate theirs just because you don't believe in celebrating Mm, yours. I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like this is a bit like religion where you can respect someone's <laughs> feelings but you don't have to kind of partake in them, right. you know? Um, so there'll be no donuts for you. In fact, there'll be donut donuts. For you. Oh, I get the joke. And when is your birthday then so yeah. I can shower you with gifts? I was born in July. <sighs> oh, all right. Yes, yeah. go on, Matt. Yeah. But my birthday was... 30-something years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
it's kind of past okay, now. Yes. Well, July is coming up next month. Um, basic, yeah. Basic info. Yeah. 30, 20th, 20th of July. Okay, good. I'll remember that. It is. It is. Yep. Yeah. I just found that okay. out on Facebook. Fair enough. Well, you can do that if you'd like to waste. If you'd like, you'd like to waste your time and energy um, trying to make me believe. Um, go for it. I would. I'll never say no to donuts and things <laughs> like that. That's for sure. But certainly, I'd like it for something a bit more. You know, um, I'd like to think I'm more accomplished than just surviving a year. You know, if that's my one thing that I'm going to be like, oh yeah, awesome. I, year. I don't know. Surviving a year at this point in time. I mean, at this point in time is actually quite impressive. But like. <laughs> You know, in a normal year, I sort of think that, you know, you've got to be, I reckon, over 100 before I start going, oh, yeah, another year. That's pretty good. We're not just out to survive. We're here to contribute, to make a difference, Matt. I was going to say thrive. Yeah. Don't survive, thrive. (laughs) There you go. We can have that. We can have that as a sticker (laughs) and we can sell that as merch on our our podcast, uh, (laughs) Facebook. I can definitely see people buying that. Yeah. Matt and Tom's photographic podcast, Don't Survive, Thrive. Thrive. Speaking. Just lots of connections. Did you like the new, uh, you know, the new look, the new graphics? Um, I I do. I I do, do. but. I think that the. um, No, well, (laughs) no, there's no big but. Um, I have quite a, a, a. No, it's actually, it is a growing but at the moment. But the. Um, no, you know what? When I post it on my Facebook page, because the way it crops, it just says "excellent podcast," no reference to us. <laughs> Have I you noticed did. that? Because it's You're a square graph on that already. Um, yes, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll. Yeah, so that looked a bit funny. I thought I'll redo um, that. I feel like we're going to get stung by Facebook for like false advertising or something. <laughs> um, but that's I did, okay. I did get in know. trouble with Facebook yeah. um, a little while ago because I registered a URL ages ago but never did anything with it which was called facebook for photographers and they got back to me um like 12 months later and said ah nah copyright infringement you can't use that yeah Yeah, i can't see how you wouldn't have predicted that forever to catch up with me on (laughs) the dog's going mad the dog, seriously, it's just I don't know this this house. I've got a sleeping, but I've got a baby monitor in front of me with a sleeping one right. year old. I have a dog under my desk waiting for something to happen because she's bored because she can't go uh, outside. Um, so who knows what's going to happen next in this household? It's it's um it's it's just is riveting. your place uh, looking more like a I don't know like a storage unit at the moment? Oh, storage units are pretty neat. Um, and our place um, has boxes up the hallway. I've got a ladder in front of me, a, a 10-foot ladder in front yep. of me right now. Um, I have boxes surrounding me completely. Um, everything's out of every cupboard. There's not, no cupboards or drawers or anything have anything in them. They're just – it's all out or in boxes. Right. And so it's – um. Yeah, it's a bit of a shambles, but it's good. We've got like 10 days or something like that now before the move, and that's exciting me a lot, especially given that I'm locked in the house. Are you going to be sad to leave that place or are you more excited to move into the new one? Uh, look, if you'd read Mary Kondo, um, you'd know that you, you know when, when something's come to the end of its life, you you thank it for its service um, happily and then um, you you put it to the side. And I, I definitely think there's been some amazing memories. We've had such good times in this house. Incl- including I'm not including sad to conceiving your first child. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess you could 
you could say that, uh, although yet to be confirmed. Oh, right. um, <laughs> that you're the, the father, even. But, but <laughs> oh God, don't give me that get out of jail free card. Um, no, the uh, I, I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna miss it. Okay. I don't think. No, I'll miss the area definitely. Right. I love Essendon, but um, look. I'm I'm very excited about the move, and I've got big plans. I've been planning my studio, which is oh, you're going to have a separate so, studio space. Um, is it a separate building? Yeah. So this is um for those who don't know, we're moving. <laughs> Clearly, if you haven't got that by now, you're probably probably not going to get much out <laughs> of this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so no, we sold up and we're moving out. We're we're heading out to um the far side of Lilydale, out near the Yarra Valley, and um. Yeah, we've got uh, a nice big acre and a half there. So you've got the house and then just off the house there, there is a um, like a 15 metre by 10 metre um, beautiful sort of sealed garage space that's been um, half converted into a studio. It has already? or So I'll be podcasting. F- right. No, no, that's my goal, my job at the moment. I'm researching all the bits and pieces. So you know what the hardest part to research is? Is putting in um, black, like heavy black theatre curtains. Um, not something that you can just go to Bunnings and buy. Yeah, right. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's my goal at the moment. That's kind of what I've spent my lockdown trying to distract myself with. This, this, Are you eating donuts? I'm eating you chocolate, eating donuts, actually. This sounds like... Um, uh, and you wonder why I love it because Tom always <laughs> complains that he's too quiet on this podcast. I do. Goes, what am I do? What? How do I make it better? And gets very demanding. And then halfway through a podcast, he's either talking to someone whilst unstacking a yep. dishwasher... Or, uh, or or eating um, during the recording. I think you got to focus. I'm, I'm, focus. I'm well and truly focused. You sound as distracted as what I've been this week, where I've ha- I should have been marketing my gallery, marketing my workshops, and working on building a, an important website for an announcement that will come shortly. Instead, <gasps> instead, I was redesigning the menu on my tomputt.com website, which looks amazing, by the way, and, and you've seen it. And if you even check it today, you'll see that I've made further improvements. But it's one of those things that really should have demanded maybe a day, but instead it's taken a week. Mm. I'm To be honest, I'm surprised that it has taken you that long because I'm looking at it, and don't get me wrong, there's oh, a lot of words in go. it. But, um, you're going to shoot me down his lane. So you're going to no, say, you're... look, it looks great, Tom, but really... Um, Probably could have spent your time on something else. I, I didn't say any of that. <laughs> the only, yeah, no, okay, no. You know what? This is not a time for what me you were to say. To you're right. It looks great. Look, Tom. look at the it little icons great. that sit next to the words at the top. And oh, that's old news, mate. Go on to mattcrummansphotography.com today. He's had that for gosh, must be going on. Two Have years you really? Now. Oh, I am well behind the eight ball then, aren't I? Yeah. But that's just a sense, that's just a thing with age, I think, Tom. I'm, you know, I'm getting like, old. You know, when you're young and technologically savvy, you know, you can do these things quickly. And, and as you get older, um, yeah. yeah, I understand. There's challenges, mate. It's uh, The text is very small. It's hard to read on the screen. Um, you know. Oh, give me a break. But it's good. It's good. <laughs> so what's the announcement? Button? Hold on. I want to hear this announcement. Or is it when you say it's happening soon? Fancy are you talking about like soon during this podcast or? No, not during this podcast. Not until. The- I've just, I've actually scrapped it. I scrapped it. What do you mean? Oh, wait, no, you tell me, you go first. We're talking over each other. Wait, you, when you said it, so it's not happening no, during this no, podcast. No, the announcement will not happen during happening this podcast. On- It'll happen when we are ready to uh, take bookings. Oh. Let's just say that. 
So I need to build a you, website. Honestly, you're as you're as vague as the uh, the Victorian government a, making announcements. Like we will definitely relax <laughs> restrictions when we are able to do the restriction relaxing. And if it can happen before then, we will definitely think about that before then. So roughly, what sort of timeline, mate? Uh, whenever it is appropriate to. <laughs> When's it happening, Tom? They, they, they roll out the same same garbage each time. Do you watch oh. MasterChef by any chance? No, hold on. I want to know when this nah, is happening. in the next uh, probably. Give me a timeline. End of the uh, month. In the next four weeks. Oh, it's not that exciting, One, two, by the way. But oh, that's ages. Not away. that exciting, but anyway, oh. it is to me. But it may not be too. Much. I did think. Okay. Oh, fair enough. No, MasterChef, I don't really watch much. I'm not being like one of those people, but I don't really watch no, much telly. I watch it. a bit of Netflix, but not you're, much telly. You're, you're no, too just... busy building amazing websites that I haven't seen yet. Um, they have a famous mm. saying on that that Mary and I always troll out, which is, if I don't get this right, I could be going home. That, like all the time you hear that throughout the whole thing. It's like the standard line that I think the producers feed to all of the contestants to build... <laughs> Build the the uh, you know the anxiety amongst the viewers that oh my god really ah oh, but she's my favourite chef oh, I don't want her to go home. Oh, they say no. oh, I feel like we could just adopt that as a state. <laughs> we could just we could change it a tiny bit and be like if we don't get this right we'll be staying home. <laughs> we have heard that a few times before. It's a wicked wicked virus. It's a wicked virus, Matt. Yes. You know? Um. Anyway. Back to the point here. Back um, to, so you're not announcing back today. To your, no, we, and you're not telling us what it is. No, I'm not doing either. Do you have a no. hint? Like maybe just a like a teaser. I like did, I have teased already. Like sounds like two words. <laughs> movie. Nah, I can't no. say anything okay. without giving it away. So, and I'm not ready to announce it yet. So, it'll, you'll just have to wait. You're not going to hear anything more from. Are you opening? Another no, gallery? God forbid. I haven't. You I haven't worked you? out how to make money out of this first one yet. <laughs> so, no point. Repl- no, no oh, point okay. replicating the uh, something that's not working already. So, maybe it's quantity, not quality. Maybe that's the key. This is it. This is it. I, there is a common. <sighs> There is a common misconception amongst photographers, isn't there, and, and artists, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, that the more photos you have on your website, the more, or, the, or should I say, the more photos you take, therefore the more photos you have on the website will mean that you've got a better chance of making a sale from your photography online. It's a bit like uh, a lot of, <laughs> isn't it? Just buy more do, tickets. Do you agree? Someone will eventually accidentally click the add to cart button. <laughs> I, I think it's like it's That's the key. because it's no like it's like painters saying, "Oh no, if I paint, you know, I've got a hundred pieces already, but if I paint another hundred, I'll then start selling more." It's like no, that doesn't make sense. Just yeah, sell the well, the hundred you've already done. But photographers, I'm either sure, that, or and I've they, fallen into this as well. Photographers have that mindset that, ah. Oh, I just, I just, yeah, I won't look. I won't launch my new website yet because um, I just, I just want to load. I just want to load up some more photos. I, I need, I need to go and take some more photos out of Bright before I upload it because that's really thin at the moment or something like that. Some rubbish. There's, there's always an excuse. Yeah, well, I, I think the other thing though is that you could say that when was it ten thousand hours makes 
call it professional yes. um, or, or was it master or something like that. And you, so maybe 100 photos extra is not going to help. But if you did take 10,000 extra, that could just tip. Oh, that's hours though. So, yeah, no, you're right. Oh, sorry. It's a long time. A lot of photos actually, especially with a, a, a Sony A1 on the best mode. <laughs> you get that photos, done 10,000 hours of photos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. What, what's, oh, what's happening with this mattcrummins.com.au is that there's nothing happening. Am I not, am I not going to see this new no, look, I've actually, website? I, I, I want it waiting so I could steal some ideas off it. Yeah, no, I thought I've got so many ideas currently up there that have yet to be stolen from uh, by <laughs> you that I thought I'll leave it up a little while longer. Um, no, one of the um, – I actually had this – so – I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you'll know about this, but I do obviously my workshops. I actually do um, a big part of my business is teaching businesses how to do photography as well. So, um, you know, marketing departments or it could be government agencies and things like that to actually teach them to be able to do their own basic day-to-day stuff. And um, I've noticed on my website the other day, someone mentioned, they're like, Matt, you know that you don't mention any of that? And it actually makes about half of my business. (laughs) And so I thought, oh, I'll rejig my whole website to sort of reflect what I actually do, which is I do video production, I do photography, I do this business teaching of photography, and I do this, you know, what I what most people listening would probably know me for, and that's my workshops. And I started pulling it together and I thought, this looks like such a dog's breakfast because they're they're all very, very heavily related, but they all kind of appeal to such a it's a different crowd. So I actually decided to scrap it and I'm going to, um, I'll actually be building a sec- separate website for my business yeah, products right. because they just don't mix. They just don't yeah. mix at all. And so I wasted literally two days and probably like three or $400 in yeah. plugins to do what I wanted to do. And then I was like, no, this is yeah, I, I actually agree <laughs> so, with you on a serious um, note that that's what you should do because they're two different markets, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, and it's like people who are going to want to, you know, they want you know want to sign up and do, you know, a, a workshop as a hobbyist. You don't want to see it cluttered with things like product photography, um, and so yeah, it also is going to keep it really simple. And what I have done though is my I've got you know everyone probably knows Tom's tribe, yes, and I've got yes, Matt's mob. Matt's mob. Um, yep. we, one day we will meet in a park <laughs> in medieval attire and just like go all at it. Um, but oh, uh, dear. I've, I've developed a, a members section on my website, which oh, I've been meaning to do for years and years and years. Oh, and, and, um, a sealed and section. Launched. Like, you know, this is the, a sealed is the section. naughty section. I wouldn't say the naughty <laughs> section. Um, it's, it's probably more interesting That's than that. Um, Here we go. How can yeah. I hack into that? Yeah, what, so, what, well, what? it's obviously my mob's open to people who have been in my workshop Um my workshop cohort and so um but I've, i load up i'm loading up a bit of content on there and sort of preparing because when, when i when we move um and my, i've got my studio there i might plan to produce quite a bit of video content for, for online training and courses and stuff yeah. like that so i'm pretty excited pretty happy with how it's gone some good feedback and that's been my 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 real week with it but this stuff's kind of boring i reckon tom because there's this people who are listening this to this guys, like, where's all the information about, about tom's you. mole and how's this <laughs> Yeah. Mary, Mary, I'm looking at it right now. Mary encouraged me after a week of having my bandage on because I had it taped up like I'd had a 10-inch gap in my foot rather than like uh, a, a two-centimetre gap. And uh, and there's bandages off and it looks fantastic. I'll send you a photo very shortly. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, That was obviously sarcasm. If I get that photograph, I'm, I'll be... No, I'm sending it to you right now. <laughs> Um, tell me, um, oh God. what are we? You you had a topic for today, and look, we are 
21 minutes in, so let's get cracking. Uh, we usually start with the good stuff about now, if you could call it good stuff. You mentioned last podcast about going through composition tips. Is that right? Let's review what you had in mind. Well, comp- composition tips, it wasn't so much the tips aspect of things. Um, it was more, I want to hear the top mistakes that are just so easy to fix. Right. You know, like I think that that to me is where it's at because like tips, yep, that's all good and well, but it's so, you, you know, unique to every photo. But then there are things where you go, look, these are such common mistakes. They happen all the time and it gets frustrating as a, someone who's, um, you know, in an instruction role to see these mistakes constantly happening. And I'm sure you see your fair share of them because you've got obviously your Tom's tribe. Um, I mean, gosh, we both look at Cam Blake's oh, work we see, as well. We so, see these mistakes um, everywhere. Probably, uh, Nick Fletcher. His work just all, all the, the time. time. I can't better look yeah, at it. I, yeah. I just don't look at it anymore. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to it's, it's hard, hard to watch, watch, isn't it? It's like a train wreck. Um, it's like it's like you don't want to look, but then you can't look away. It's a, just one of those things, you know. You just feel you feel for the tell me. I want to hear number one. What is what is your like the most frustrating pet peevey? Oh god, that's so ridiculous! Mistake that you see, oh. and you see regularly. Oh, does this mean I should have done some homework before today's podcast? You actually said last week. If you listen back, you said in the last two minutes that you said I'm going to get right into I'm doing my do homework it. this week. I'm going to, so I'm I'm going to start do, actually do it. I'm like the Marie Kondo. <laughs> Marie Kondo. Um, I'm I'm going to pull one out of the hat here and say that. Why wouldn't you shoot a vertical frame after shooting a horizontal frame or vice versa? Why do people get right. stuck on just shooting horizontal or landscape format the whole time? You see, I think there's value in just turning the camera 90 degrees and being able to get a vertical, you know, portrait shot as well. Like often that works just as well, if not better than the horizontal. But we all tend to sort of hold the camera like that because it feels most comfortable. Do you think like buying a vertical grip sometimes oh, kind of helps or yeah, encourages you yeah, to Yeah, but do it that? does add weight to the camera. We're all about trying to reduce weight from what we're carrying based on last week's podcast. This is true. But that said though, like if you're someone who suffers from this, I find personally when I put a vertical grip on my camera, suddenly I just pick it up however yeah. and it doesn't really phase me one right. way or the other. Though that said, I also feel like um, a lot of people don't do verticals because social media doesn't display them very well. How do you mean? Well, well, Instagram should Well, sorry, days. it does on Insta- Instagram. That, it does, sorry. Insta- on. Instagram, it, it does, Facebook but if you put them on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Does it? Yeah. Really? I don't it, think does it does. Too. Not as good as what a landscape is. It doesn't really take up the space right. as well. Well, we'll beg to differ. But that's maybe that's just me Well, personally. you know, it's interesting what you make because be um, I'm, uh, one of my favourite photographers is Rob Blakers based down in Tassie. And if you don't know his work, look him up. Blakers spelled B-L-A-K-E. E-R-S. Awesome landscape photography. Oh, my God. Is that like an extension of Cam <laughs> Oh, no. No, no, no. They're <laughs> very different people. No, no. Better. Rob has talent. Cam, Cam, the other. No. Um, jokes. And he actually uh, was sourcing some images from me the other day and said, you're about the only guy who shoots vertical landscapes these days, it seems to have gone out the window. Like, I don't know why, but people tend to not shoot vertical landscapes for whatever reason. I, I love them. I think it's a great way to... I'll, I'm one of them. I think it's a great way to introduce a really strong foreground. 
by by turning it yeah no absolutely yeah try that guys i, I hope that's added but i think some it, value. i feel like the but i do still feel like the reason why people don't necessarily do it is if even if you look in lightroom as an example because it's just the real estate on a landscape orientation screen i think people kind of feel like oh it's you know it, 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 i don't know it's not as yeah. big or it's not as i get what yeah, you mean i totally get what you so, mean but, it's a but, good point though if, it's a good point i like that if one. you good like tip. using a wide angle lens which is probably my next point which 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 is that are you gonna do you're oh, yeah, all Tom Tom ones all now, Tom. Are we? well i've got to i've got to strike while the iron's hot because this is me this is my purple patch <laughs> people tend to not use wide-angle lenses when they've got a wide-angle lens. And what I mean by that is that they have like a 16 to 35 mil lens or, you know, in my case, I've got a 14 to 30 and they tend to shoot on like 24 and 28 and and maybe 20. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just dial it right back here. You've got this wide-angle lens, use it. I know they're not easy to use. Mm -hmm. You do have to get the composition spot on. They include a lot, which is often a mistake that many photographers make, which is that they include too much in a photograph. But if you've got the wide-angle lens, you go to 14 mil, 16 mil, whatever you've got as your widest, shoot horizontally, but then shoot vertically. You can get really nice and close to your foreground interest, which should be a killer foreground interest, by the way. You can get in within a couple of feet and include that as a beautiful leading line up to the rest of the image. It just, it feels like if you're getting close to that foreground, it feels like you can reach out and touch what's in front of you. I'm talking about the viewer then looking at the photo, right? It feels you're introducing that landscape to somebody as though they've been there already or that they could reach out and touch that bush in the foreground that's only a couple of feet away. And this is what the great landscape photographers in the past have done, like the... Rob Blakers, like the Peter Dombrowski's, Chris Bell, etc. If you look at their work, they have the most magnificent way of using their wide-angle lenses and getting in close to their foregrounds so that they put you in the landscape. You feel like you're there even though, um, even though obviously you're not. And I just wish more photographers would use that wide-angle lens more effectively. I think the problem is they don't know how to use it well, and so they do need to come on a, a Matt's workshop or a Tom's workshop, and we will show you, and it sounds obvious on how to use it, but there are specific techniques that I teach in order to make sure that it works effectively. But shooting vertically, oh, look at some of just just Google some of that stuff. Peter Dombrowski was, was a master at it. Have a look at his work, mm. his vertical landscape. So that you say so. So with this, it's it's really about using your wide angle to its yes. widest angle, and then also making sure you actually get close to something yeah, to make the most that to perspective shift. Rather I, than I say to all my I say to all my participants, put your wide angle lens on, go as wide as possible, and then get within a couple of feet. And I'm talking like, you know, two to three feet at most. You should be away from that foreground. Now, that doesn't mean you have to kneel down on the ground or get really low. That's another mistake that people make. They think that if they're going to get close to their foregrounds, they have to get down low. The problem with getting down low is that it reduces the middle ground. So have a think about this for a second. Very hard for me to describe, mm. but visually it's, it, it's easier. <laughs> is that to use, a good, to use a wide angle lens effectively, you've got to have a foreground, a middle ground, and a background. Okay, so you've got to have something in the foreground within a couple of feet that's really interesting, by the way, not just anything. It's got to be really interesting because that's closest to the camera and that's going to grab your attention. 
going to have something in the middle ground, which is probably five metres away or so, that again is interesting. It might be the curve of the beach that leads your eye to the background, which is obviously in the background. But the problem that people make is that they go, oh, I've got to get close to my foreground. So they get down low and what that does is it flattens out the whole image and then they don't get their middle ground. They lose their middle ground. The middle ground becomes far less of the picture than if they were standing up. Now, if you're not understanding, let me tell you this, that 95% of the images that I take are taken from me standing up. I'm not kneeling down. I'm not lying down on the ground. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm standing up and I enjoy seeing the left. Well, I mean, Tom, at your age, I mean, you'd, you'd I can't get make up. sure you manage that up. pretty well. I'm fat well. and I'm old and my bones creak, so I just can't get up. <laughs> you rude bastard. So um, so that, that's, the, that's the way I describe it as, as, as working best. So there are a couple of tips. I've, I've taken up too much of our time already, Matthew. Well, actually, out of five, you've given me two, but that's that's good. <laughs> so, Thank you. That's that's better than the Mary Kondo um, tidying up episode you, that we did. So we're getting there. I'm I getting that out of this. So we might get up to the five. I think after so 12 promised. months of doing podcasts, I'm actually getting better at it. So that's good to know. You can... Really? Oh, well, I reckon we should do a vote on the uh, on the group. But anyway, that's that. maybe we shouldn't actually. Can I add some? Can <laughs> Don't I add some tips? Me. Not tips. These are not tips. These are You're coming beads. home. These, and I'm going to go. I'm going You're to come home with a wet sail and make it sound way. make it sound valuable, but make it sure that people aren't getting to the end of this and going, "Well, there's 45 minutes. I'll never get back." Yeah, right. Well, that gives me 15 minutes of floor time. So Ooh. thank you, Tom. Um, I'll take it from here. Um, <laughs> My pleasure. No, I, I'm actually going to simplify. One of the biggest pet peeves I see that happens all the time, still, and even with really, you know, experienced photographers. Um, the amount of people who I see who have slightly off horizon lines, ah. simplest thing on the planet to fix, like dead set simplest. And the one thing that really frustrates me is that I understand um, when you're shooting, the temptation is to turn your little levels gauge on on your camera and, and kind of make sure the level of the camera says it's level. But we, we all know that that's not necessarily always accurate either. I just sort of feel it's not that hard to just visually eyeball it. And then when you get to Lightroom, you have to change it by half a degree, go go for it. Um, but don't always just rely on the fact that you've got a, you know, the level gauge in your camera looking good, so therefore it's perfect. Because quite often those go out of calibration, especially if you bang your camera around a fair bit. And so that tiny bit of like horizon line not being right, it is so much worse than being completely wrong. Because if it's completely wrong, you can kind of go, oh, well, maybe you meant that. But when it's like a half a degree out, I'm, it's just... I'm going to go into bat. Just I'm going to go into bat for the poor people out there. I think there's actually people out there who, I'm not going to say not as skilled because they, they just don't have it in them to be able to see a horizon and go, oh, yeah, that's not quite level. I've, I've had these people. Okay, that's fine. But when you get to your computer, you could do that. Couldn't Sorry, you? when you see it on a big screen. On oh, computer, absolutely! You can but see, when you they're can shooting it, they just is. don't see it. Yeah, they just don't see it. Oh, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I, and I understand that. So, like, I'm not saying that you have to. Like, if you don't get it perfect, yeah. as I said, fix it in Lightroom or whatnot. But when you process your photos, pay attention to it because it's just the yes. most. It's it's okay. like the the present the final presentation. You've done all this hard work to capture this amazing photo, but if if you ruin it with that one little bit, it's it's kind of it's the, I don't know. It's, it's the off, one percenters, you know? isn't it? Um, it's it's like when I'm judging photo competitions, yeah. and you see a a, a, a non level horizon, you just you just start looking for other stuff that's wrong with it as well, because you suspect that if you can't yeah. get that right, you've probably not got other things right as well. So. 
good tip, young man. Let's move on. To yeah, and I, and I agree with you. Sorry, on the competition thing, I actually judged this. Um, I was I did that Indonesia training yeah. series, and um, the part of it was a competition, so they had to submit photos before the, the training and then after the training, and then sort of you know the winner. There was like a winner in each category, and one of the um, uh, issues. Uh, or the one of the ways that I narrowed these photos down because there were it was a huge collection of photos was I simply went through my first cull was anything that didn't have a straight horizon after the training I was like no because <laughs> it was like the most yeah no no because it really was it's it was one of the key parts of yeah. this training was sort of saying like how do you get the one percenters like these are the things that you can have a relatively average photo but if it's if all the one percenters are kind of right you know the things that are easy um you know like processing it to have a straight horizon as an example um you can get away with a lot you know but um but the moment that that horizon's a bit off i just kind of go no the, the boat looks like it should be falling out of the page so that's my first one so that brings us up to four which is yes number four so, um no three, three. we've done three, three so num- point number because four two so that's three point number four all right so this is another one of mine is um whenever i've got people um whether it's on workshops or, or asking for feedback um I'm finding recently that people know about the rule of thirds, but the rule of thirds is actually a little bit, it's not more complicated, but people try and make it more complicated by working out where the rule of thirds point ah, should yes. go. So if you imagine like a lighthouse as an example in a photo, because I'm thinking back, we had a seascapes workshop a few weeks back and one of the things came up, they took this photo and I'm looking at it. And it's this beautiful you know, scene, except the lighthouse is tucked right up in the top right-hand corner. You've got to give space and to breathe. Said, well, what's, the, what's the feature? You've got to give space. Space yeah. to breathe, we call it. Well, they had a good point though, Tom. They said, no, it's on the rule of thirds and it was on the rule of thirds line vertically, but the base of the lighthouse was on oh. the intersection point. So it actually kind of almost went from the, the third <laughs> up to the top. And their understanding of the thirds was, well, when you put it on the thirds point, which part of it do you put yeah, on the thirds point? Yeah. And so you're right, that term, letting it breathe. Um, yeah, it just... It, I always kind of say if you were drawing a picture for me of a lighthouse, like even if you're a crap drawer like yep. me, um, I always sort of say, would you draw the lighthouse right up in the top right corner? And they go, or would you draw the subject in the top corner or right next to the edge of the frame? And yeah. they'd say no, like yeah. on the page. You go, well, if you wouldn't draw it there, then you probably wouldn't photograph it there. So think about the way that, you know, someone said, I'll quickly sketch like this scene. There's no way you'd draw it right near the edge of your picture because that sort of indicates it's not as important as the other stuff. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, don't you reckon, just as a side note, don't you reckon it's hard to teach composition? Because for some people, it comes naturally to know where stuff should be placed in the frame for it to, sit nicely and for everything to look good but then for others it's it's more of a struggle and and i find it difficult to convey to people that sort of that 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 design i guess that makes things work you know the rule of thirds is i guess a a nice sort of structured cliched way of being able to position images in a frame but then when you're looking at other things that don't fit that rule of thirds sort of like a formula, it, it can be difficult to explain a, a composition and how it, how you would teach that to people so that it comes more naturally or is more intuitive. Don't you think? Yeah, look, I, I definitely agree. I think there's sort of two parts to the, to, to composition teaching. Um, and I'm, I think I'm pretty good at one of them and I'm pretty crap at the other one. So much like what you were saying, I find that if, um, I can. I find it quite easy to teach people how to bring their vision to life. So 
I can convey the tool, or I think I can convey the tools pretty well to get them to where they want to be. What I find really difficult because I think it's very personal, but it's also not my forte, is what actually looks good, if yep. that makes sense. So as an example, like um, I could, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the person who could do this, but this is just like a completely different analogy, right? Like teaching someone color theory, like what colors work together is actually relatively straightforward. You can use it. It's based on graphs and it's based on, you know, all that sort of stuff. But then if you ask someone like put together an outfit with really cool, like, you know, a really fashionable outfit, for instance, based on that color or those colors, I wouldn't have the slightest idea where to go because I know the theory of like what looks really good um, to me, maybe doesn't look good to you, but how do I put it? Yeah, like you say, there's, there's certain rules and techniques that can allow you to achieve it, but but it's very hard also to gauge whether people, um, if you don't have an eye for it, like a natural eye for, for composition, quite often people are really, really happy with the composition. I look at it and go, wow, that's that looks really weird yep. to me, but they're really happy with it. So who's wrong? You can't really say, oh no, that's not a good composition because it's not true. It's not a not it's not a bad composition. It's just not not one that follows conventional rules and not maybe one that I would particularly like myself. But which goes which goes that's a very great yeah, it goes on to another point, which is we teach photography and we want to be able to pass on what we've learned and what we feel looks good. But then I worry that I'm creating a whole lot of clones of me, which we don't want because at the end of the day I have <laughs> Yeah well, you tell me about it. <laughs> I fell right into that one. I mean, I have a style, but that doesn't mean that everyone else should shoot that way either. So I I worry that, uh, you know, I'm forcing my style onto people when at the end of the day, I want people to express their own creativity and create photos in the way that looks good for them, which is relating back to that last point you've just made. To us, we might go, yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't have framed it that way. But to other people, they're like, well, that's the way I like it. I think it looks great that way. Exactly. And I guess that's the thing is, you know, especially when I'm, I'm going to, you know, this is not a jab, but I think especially when it comes to landscape photography, that's really difficult because um, especially around, say, Victoria, a lot of the landscapes that you photograph are the same landscapes other people will photograph. Like they will go to the same spot. Um, and there are, in some cases, limited places to stand and limited options. Um, whereas like take, say, portrait photography and it's like, well, your model will dictate part of what that scene looks like. Um, the expression on their face will always be mm. different. The you know the movement of their body or the positioning is different. Whereas in a landscape, yes, the weather will change, the light will change, but in terms of the structure of what's actually there, we're all kind of photographing the same mm. thing. And so it's very yeah. difficult to to if you because if you pigeonhole people and say, oh, this is how it should be done, <clears throat> no one's going <clears throat> sorry, no one's going to innovate. You know, no one's going to come up with something new and exciting. It's just like well, here's the same thing that was shot last week, which is what I feel about Dragon's Head and those sorts of locations. I've never seen a photo of Dragon's Head that I go, you know, that was innovative. They're really beautiful. They're great photos, but they're not innovative and they don't make me go, oh, my God, like I would love to go there and I've never been there to actually photograph it myself because I sort of go, I just feel like I'm going to be just copying everyone else. And when the conditions are right, there's going to be so many other people down there because everyone knows the conditions are right that, yeah, it's – I don't know. It, it, I find that very tricky. It's, it's another topic, and I know so, we've talked about it before, but that whole idea of researching on social media and online in order to gather ideas for an impending, you know, location that you're going to and remembering those compositions and then getting there and, and trying hard not to replicate what everyone else has done. 
I, I mm. find a challenge. I really do. I, it almost stops me from wanting to research a location at all because I, I have such a, Definitely. you know, photographic memory that I'll just remember what everyone else has done and just go, oh, well, let's just do that as opposed to doing your own thing. And, and if it's if it happens to be the same, well, that's just coincidence. But I think that's one of the real drawbacks of, of, of images online and so much content online is that there's that, um, that saturation, I guess, of the same thing as well. Anyway, that's another. Absolutely. But that's a, that's a, I think we could pick that up as a topic. Definitely. I think there's some, um, I know we, as yesterday, we have spoken about it before, but I think we can, we can probably, um, yeah, I think there's something. Yeah. Yeah. And what's your last point, young Matthew, number five. Yeah, I've got three minutes, three minutes left for my last point. Okay. So my last one that I was, and I was thinking hard about this because um, I want things that are easy-ish to fix, I guess. Um, and as a mistake, I'm going to say as a very broad term, um, not understanding what the anchor is in their composition. Oh, is that sort of like, okay, so, so what's the reason for taking the photo in the first place? Where's the wow factor? Um, it, I, you could kind of pull it into that, but it could even go broader, right? So I'll give you an example. Right? I've, got a, I've got a photograph that I've taken, um, and this is not a particularly amazing photo, but it's a really good example of what I'm talking about. It's a photograph from the top of Mount Buller looking out as the sun goes down where, um, you know, you just get all the layers of the mountains. Nice. Um, beautiful goldy kind of, you know, starts off dark, ends up in gold at the back. It's a really lovely kind of shot, but it's very, on the whole, if you look at the photo on its own, it's actually quite boring. So it's really beautiful, but it's sort of too subtle. There's no real reason to stop and look at it for longer than five seconds before you go, oh yeah, I get everything in right. the shot now. Um, and so it's it would make a really good, say, desktop background because it's so unoffensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's got that. <clears throat> and then that's a photo of mountains. Now I've t- taken another version of that five seconds later where this gigantic bird, which is very, very tiny in the photograph, um, but it was huge, <laughs> was flying just over the top of the mountains, so just above the mountain horizon line, um, and it's a silhouette, and it's really small in the frame. Like it's, you know, it's it's very visible, but very, yep. very small. And when I explain this to people, I kind of go, this is not suddenly a photo of a bird who happens to be in a mountain range. It's still a ph- photograph of a mountain range, but the anchor or the hook the thing that makes your eyes sort of stop and go, oh, wow, I'm going to look at this mm. for a second. Like it's, it sort of breaks up the, you know, the shot. That anchor is what drags my eye into it. And I always talk about this with people on workshops when I sort of go, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a subject. Like it doesn't have to be like a, that's the reason I'm taking the photo. But I think in a good shot, um, and you might disagree with this, but I think in a good shot, if you ask 100 people, where does your eye go to first? I think a really good shot, most people would give you the same answer. You might get an 80% hit rate on the same answer. They'd say, oh, I started that rock or that bird or that cloud or that whatever. And that's not necessarily the subject of the photo, but it's the thing that makes the breaks the monotony and makes it different. And I think when people photograph sometimes, especially really complicated scenes. So as an example, I know you do a lot of stuff like up in the Alpine region <clears throat> where you've got these beautiful gum trees and stuff like that. And they, it is stunning. But when you look at your photos of those gum trees and areas, there's usually something that breaks up that forest that sort of you are naturally attracted Mm. to. And then you go and explore what's in the forest and it kind of changes it from being this really overcomplicated, I don't know what I'm supposed to look at to I know exactly where I should be looking. Yeah, and I use my intuition to to come up with that answer. At the end of the day, I'm looking for something that's going to jump out at me 
so that I can then structure the photograph around that main actor, I call it, you know, in a forest where I say, ah. right, I'm looking for the most impressive gum tree. Now, whether that's because it's the largest or whether that's because it's the most vibrant colour, it might be a number of different things. It might be both. But I'm looking for that to then go, oh, yeah, wow, that's the most interesting. Let me compose the image around that main tree mm. so that it's not too busy the end of the day and and it is that yeah. anchor point and i'm just noticing matthew because i i haven't been on your instagram for quite a while but if you go back to 91 weeks ago you've got a great shot of a kid jumping off a ship now there's the anchor point for you if you want to scroll down um you rose mm. there you no doubt know the one that i'm talking about that's yeah. um that's a great example exactly. of what you're talking about it's a beautiful photograph just for the ship itself but the fact that you've got that uh that kid jumping off the bow there into the water and the positioning of the arms and the legs, et cetera. It's just brilliant. I mean, at the end of the day, you can almost hear the screams or the joys of laughter as, uh, as he jumps from that, that position. Depending why he's falling off the ship. Yeah, screams yeah. Or laughter. The, the, the fact that you've, uh, you've climbed <laughs> out the, the kid there on the bow who pushed him off uh, accidentally or on purpose <laughs> and, and, and then scrolling up uh, to see the, at 54 weeks a little bit more scalpel and blood than I particularly would like. But anyway, I've not seen that shot before. <laughs> I've not seen that shot before. But yeah, that was actually – There's there's your anchor, yeah, that, there's your anchor point so, right there, which happens to be the brightest part of the image. Yeah. But the, And this is, this is the thing I think when it comes to compositions, right, I think if you look at your own photos and you can't tell people what the anchor point is or you didn't yeah. go into it deliberately going that's going to be my anchor point – I think you're kind of setting yourself up yep, for failure because, you know, not to say that it always will fail, but I think that more often than not, especially in landscapes, um, if you don't have that in mind when you're composing or when you're shooting, you really are kind of going broad brush like, oh, I love everything. And like the same goes with with travel photography or street photography. Like street photography is classic for having anchor points. You know, that every street, good street photo you look at, there's this glaringly obvious silhouette of someone or this glaringly obvious like thing that stands out. But the whole shot is of the scene, the scenes of the the whole um, kind of streetscape. But there's one thing that just drags you in and it's always been very meticulously constructed. So I think that would be my f the f tip number five is make sure that when you're shooting, um, if you can't see your anchor point immediately, walk around until you find it. And I like what you said before, like if you're in say a forest or something, the obvious is to go, oh, well, people might say, oh, but all the trees are beautiful. You know, what, what's different about one of them? Is it is there one that's bigger, more colourful? Maybe it's got better mm. bark. Maybe it's got the right shape, like to make a yeah. leading line or something. Yeah, it's the um, Start with that and then work it's around It's the point it. of interest, isn't it? What's the, the main point of interest? Where do you mm. want the eye to, to go to in the frame? Yeah. Hey. That's exactly right. Well, that that's good that timing. That wraps us up for yet another week of Matt and Tom's excellent podcast. Thanks for all those uh useful tips there Matthew we should we should put them in the show notes uh, so we'll do that jump on Ooh. to but then people won't bother listening they'll be like they'll be like why yeah, am I this is it. well maybe we'll point well, I can just read the five tips that we know are going to come maybe in. we'll point we'll put the first two and then they have to listen for the next three <sighs> and we should disable the fast button <laughs> yeah that's right guys I'm looking at you <laughs> Jump <laughs> on to the uh, Facebook group, Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks, Matt. We'll catch you next time. Cheers. It's been a joy. <laughs> <laughs>